Aloha. You might recognize it as the 2015 film starring Bradley Cooper, but a little-known fact is that it's the Hawaiian word for love, affection, peace, compassion, and mercy, and it's commonly used as a simple greeting, but has a deeper and cultural and spiritual significance to Native Hawaiians, for whom the term is used to define a force that holds together existence. The word is found in all Polynesian languages, and the Oxford English Dictionary defines it as a greeting like welcome and farewell, using a number of examples dating as far back as 1798, where it was defined as a substitute for welcome. But linguists take umbrage with this assessment from the Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, linguist Francis Newton stated that aloha is a complex and profound sentiment. Such emotions defy definition. And Anna Weersbicka concluded that the term has no equivalent in English. Now, the state of Hawaii introduced the whole Aloha Spirit Law in 1986, which mandated that state officials and judges treat the public with aloha. And today on the show, we hope to treat an old returning friend and a brand new friend to the same aloha spirit as we drink Big Wave Golden Ale. You think it was great? Watch how, fat, watch how hard this fade out's going to be. Don't do that. That sucks. <laughs> that was a great intro. You thought so? Cheers, Joe. Cheers. Yeah, that was we fun. tried it like eight you times. Down in one. Thank you. Um, down in one, you bet. Uh, what's the, how's the first sip before we introduce our esteemed guest? I like it. I've Oh, it's sweet. So, of course, Colcan's heads will know... of. Another cone of brewing. Cold cans heads. Cold cans heads. What do we usually call them? Cold cans nation. Oh yeah, cold cans nation. Well, that's different. That's two different. We things. have merch. Not pending. all cold cans heads are part of cold cans nation. Oh, it's very okay. elaborate citizenship process. Understood. Okay, uh, they'll know that we had a former cone of beer as our number one beer. Yeah, it, Longboard Lager reached Longboard number Lager. one a long time ago because yes. of fond memories of Hawaii. Uh, and and this, now we come back. I, I, I'll just say this: first sip is like a lot of the same stuff for me. It's just smooth. Wow. The imagery there reminds me of. Hawaii. Okay. Um, I thought the first sip was much sweeter than Longboard Lager. I've had Longboard Lager recently. This nice. is this is good. I, I haven't had many of these. Golden nails are always good. I don't. I never pick one up. I don't know why. It's like a hot summer day thing, and it's dreary February. But this is bringing me back. You're like to a, a hot, hot summer. summer day to me. Wow, that's very nice of you to say. Should we introduce our guests or just kind of stare at them through this <laughs> Zencaster video feed? Uh, we have, as I mentioned, a recurring guest on the show, an old friend. A dear friend of ours and a brand new friend joining him from the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. Uh, Alex and Evan are joining us today. Thank you, boys, for joining us on the show. Hey, Hi, thanks thank you for having us. For having us. Yes, yeah, much appreciated. Can you tell me why we we always ask our guests to to tell us a beer that they want to do? Can you tell me why you chose Big Wave Golden Ale? Sure. I mean, you know. It's right in the name. Two words, big wave. It's kind of a, you know, it's sort of my aloha. Right. <laughs> uh, That's good stuff. There's no English phrase for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I don't know. I just have, I have a, it's sort of a beer to me that I, you know, I'm a, I'm a beer guy, I, I would say, I guess. I've never ever said that before, but <laughs> I guess I am. And You're on the record you know, now. I'm on record. And, you know, the big wave to me kind of, sort of in a way stands alone weirdly and it's it might have been the way i was introduced to it or something but i don't i think of it as its own thing first of all i didn't know 
there was a thing, uh, there was a, a golden ale. I didn't know that was a genre of beer. And um, I thought it was just like a funny thing that they decided to call it golden ale. And it's very fitting for what it is. And later I found out, of course, there is a golden ale variety. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I don't know. It's unique to me. I feel like it. Uh, I never had it until living in California. And it's a very, uh, you know, hit the beach. Sure. You know. Yeah. I mean, I... I can remember the first time that I had it here. It was at, you introduced me to it because it was at a party at John, our friend John's house. Um, and you broke out the big waves and I had some. And I was like, this is really fucking good. Sure. It, it, it's, and I don't like golden nails actually. So that, this was like a, this was a surprising one. For what, me. what normally turns you off on a golden nail, but turns you right on to this one? It, honestly, like, I think they, they, <laughs> they leave a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, okay. Um, it's that simple. It's, it's just like too, something like too sweet about it or something like that. Sure. Um, that doesn't feel like a beer to me, but yeah, yeah in general, like, in general ales, like they take liberty with describing themselves like an amber ale and a red ale to me are very similar. A golden ale and like a blonde ale can be very similar. Um, I think those are the same thing. Yeah. So as I'm saying, they're kind of taking a liberty saying like the specificity of gold nails can Mm be uh, interpreted however you want. It's a light kind of sweeter forward facing ale. I I like it. It's good. Yeah, it is good so far. Like you guys said, it'd be perfect on a, on a beach day or something like that. So, um, Alex, do you consider yourself a beer guy as well? Or do you typically drink something else? If you're You're on, remember you're on the record. Not, I, I do not, I cannot claim that I'm a beer guy. Wow. Um, you know, so you're, I, I, I go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if you're on the show just purely for shameless self-promotion or, or? <laughs> just, we really need to be plugged. Uh, <laughs> we have two followers on, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, anything yeah. else, anything, anything helps. <laughs> yeah. Anything. There are 15 people in rural Wisconsin listening that will all follow you on Instagram as soon as this episode drops. Great. And if they want to send just money, honestly, just money helps. <laughs> okay, too. sure. Direct donation yeah. would, be, would be great. We'll leave the Venmo at the, in the show notes after the Right. That would be our only plug is our Venmo. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to do a joke about Big Wave. Well, I want to send a Big Wave to our friends down in Los Angeles. And then I didn't do it you at all. You should have done that joke. Well, I didn't. Like you so, just did. Well, I'm glad you did. Can we, we'll edit this together. I want to send a big wave to my friends, uh, Alex and Evan down in Los Angeles right now. Am I right? Or am I right? Hey, that's pretty Cowabunga. good. Cowabunga. Yes, indeed. It does occur to me that big wave could be a synonym for Aloha. That's what makes this thing different. Now I appreciate using the word synonym because most linguists would tell you that there is no direct definition. You sack of shit. Aloha. Is there a direct definition for a, a wave of the hand, though? That can't no. be described, the feeling that that gives somebody. That it evokes from a good friend across a choppy Zoom call. Yes. There's nothing better. <laughs> um, Nick, you were scrolling on your computer. You were about to say something, and I was cutting you off. I apologize. This That's is the history meme. of cold cans. That's what each episode is. And those things fly right out of my mind. Okay. So I don't remember. You didn't have anything planned. Do you... I will ask about the Bradley Cooper vehicle. Did you actually watch the film Aloha? No, I didn't. It's Bradley Cooper. Uh, who's Emma... the Rachel McAdams? Is oh, in Rachel it. McAdams. Okay, yeah. I and think I it was a colossal flop. <laughs> Do the Hollywood boys have any take on Aloha? I would. I would say that we both know a 
a good amount of movies, and I have never heard of Aloha. Yeah, I, I, Cooper. I can't, I'm surprised I haven't heard of it. Honestly, I, it sounds like because we're both I would we're watch. both big Cooper heads. So ah, yeah, the Cooper crowd, Cooper Cooper <laughs> crazies, the Cooper crazies. Yeah, that's pretty good. Aloha. Is film. this the one that uh, uh, Emma Stone got in heat for because she plays a like half? Yes. Asian woman? Yeah. Oh, oh, now I remember it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was Barry. That is that one. Got it. Okay. It, it got 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm going to continue without disabling the ad blockers here. <laughs> Meandering and insubstantial, Aloha finds writer-director Cameron Crowe at his most sentimental and least compelling. Um, so, not <laughs> Cameron Crowe directed We Bought a Zoo. Oh, did you the like Matt We Damon Bought a vehicle. Zoo? <laughs> Of course I love We Bought what, a Zoo. What do you guys think about We Bought a Zoo? Now, we ask the hard-hitting <laughs> questions on cold cans. I'll say this about We Bought a Zoo. You know, I didn't see the movie. <laughs> I don't plan on seeing it. But, you know, it's I, the only reason I know what it is is the title. And because it just, it's literally, right, uh, an article, like a, you know, post-2013 article title yeah it is you know it totally is like that's what it is yeah the title means right. a lot more than the it's movie itself the title is is the movie right yeah okay no you're right it's like a new york times person yeah it's say, like we bought a zoo here's what happened but, right yeah. <laughs> that's all it's missing here's what happened but it's like honestly it's a great title because not, you know, not because uh <laughs> not because there's anything artful about it but it travels like you know that yeah you know that title, even if you are not anywhere near the demographic of that movie. Absolutely. We all know about um, zoos, and we all know about the concept right. of commerce. You merge those <laughs> two things together, one might find themselves buying a zoo. And It's a mathematically perfect title. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm and intrigued. Honestly, it's a we a situation as well, which right. you know gets me thinking, who's part of this group that <laughs> right. bought this zoo? Right. And, he, and it's fun for the whole family. That's right. We know Damon's in on the action. We know that much through the top billing of the poster. Right. But who else is we? Yeah. Did they? Who else bought the zoo? Now maybe the whole community bought a zoo. Only Cameron Crowe knows for sure because yep. I certainly didn't see the film. <laughs> how's this beer I, going down? <laughs> yeah. How's the brew dog? I still am loving it. It's not too sweet for me. Now, Alex, I think that your opinion on the matter is basically um, as uh, as compelling and as insubstantial as the 2015 film Aloha. Since you said you're not a uh, a beer a beer brat, what what right. are we saying? Beer head, be- yeah. beer can crew. I don't remember. Anyway, so Evan, I said beer, beer guy. Beer guy. And the only guy. reason I remember that is because I've never said that. <laughs> I would I would never say that. But I went ahead and I did. So, so Evan, yeah. as the resident beer guy in the room, how's the big wave going down? A few drinks in. Oh my! You know, it's going down smooth, okay. and it is going down uh, in a way that makes me that satisfies me with every sip. I, you know, I'm biased here. I do. I love big wave, honestly, and that's part of why I why I wanted to do it. You know, it's to me, it's like one of those beers that you get, like, you know, like you go through a phase of like getting all stoked about a certain beer and like you and your friends are always getting it and being like, Oh yeah. Like it's one of those to me. And so it's mostly a nostalgia thing, I think for Mm. me, but it's just like the perfect basic beer to me or something. It's like the, it's like a good version of a Coors or something like that Mm. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I went through a rolling rock phase with my friends in college of like, oh, yeah. we thought this beer was great and just that was all we bought. So that's nostalgia for you to this day? Right. And this beer's way better than rolling rock. Yeah. So. 
my like nostalgic my nostalgic beers are all like light beers that I don't ever pick up anymore. I'm not going to drink a Bush Light in any situation in my life at this point. So like honestly, the closest thing eight years in is what I was drinking before we started this episode: a Rainier mm. beer, uh, Pacific right. Northwest. Oh, you love your Rainier institution yeah i love rainier uh it's a heavy beer so it packs on the calories for absolutely no reason whatsoever <laughs> is uh, it a heavy beer how many calories are in it oh do you know well north of 100 my friend <laughs> i don't I know not know that <laughs> it's why, not can we talk about why don't beers have to list the calories that's in that's in it yeah the, they're it like no it? nutritional things they have to list by law they i think they only have to put abv on i have no idea why no alcohol they products put it on the case I th- that's funny i never even check it sucks <laughs> it does i don't think any alcohol pro- products Sometimes have to you just want to know it's, I, th- I don't think that the closer you look at the can the more one will emerge <laughs> yeah we're looking yeah, yeah, I'm, both reading, I'm, over read, here. I'm reading the can <laughs> and i noticed something on it by the way which is that it says see bottom for canned on date Mahalo for recycling. Oh, wow. that's fun. The Mahalo. Now, what does way. Mahalo mean, Joe? Mahalo. I weirdly enough, the I'm Cameron looking here, Crow of the Cold Cans podcast. Please <laughs> it, tell it, us. I was, that's really well done because I was going to do a sequel to Aloha, but you beat me to it. Uh, uh, mahalo actually means the same thing as Aloha. Uh, what? They both. You can't really describe it. Uh, it's sort of a feeling. You have to kind of feel. You kind of have to be there. Uh, <laughs> or maybe it could be evoked drinking a big wave gold nail. Wow. Aloha in a can. And now he's reading that right off of his phone, folks. Yeah. That's a true definition. No, I, I have a picture of a, uh, like a crop cutted uh, Bradley Cooper here. So he, he like kind of eschewed one of the signature staples of his entire career, which is his wonderful hair. Oh, sure. And just like did some shitty cut in Hawaii. It sucks. The whole thing sucks. And all I did was read the Rotten Tomatoes consensus. You know, a big plot point there is that he's losing his hearing throughout Aloha, so he can't hear people say Aloha anymore. Wait, he can only feel it. <laughs> yeah. and that, Similar that, to one of my favorite movies. Which is? you uh, Drag me for liking A Star is Born. This is a whole oh, that's bit right, we a do. A Star is Born, yeah. God uh, damn tell it. Tell me. I'm trash. We'll just redo it. We'll okay, edit we'll re- it together. Nick, if you guys haven't known, Cold Cans Nation will know, uh, Nick watches The Stars Born on every Delta flight he takes. Uh, <laughs> domestic. If he's doing a, an hour, he's going to sneak an hour in. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. actually did. I walked to the back of a plane on a flight. Where were we going? Do you remember? Oh, man. Good question. Vegas? Yeah. I guess that's the only place we've gone to together. We went to Hawaii He's... together. But it was more recent than that. Was it back we to Hawaii? We did. We went to Hawaii together. It was a lovely time. Like six years ago. It was like right when I moved yeah. out to Seattle. It was a ton of fun. That was fun. Um, but we were going on a plane trip somewhere together. Maybe it was even just back home. I don't know. And I walked past Nick and he's just, he's bawling. He's completely, <laughs> he's in shambles. <laughs> is that true? I've, it is true. Is it not? <sighs> you were crying when I walked past. Maybe this is just Oh, was memory. it really? Okay. Yeah. Because I think I did tear up during that film, honestly. He was on a flight, too. So I'm not yeah, like, four inch I'm not by trying eight to inch deny of, that, but I okay. didn't remember if you walked up on me when I was crying. Oh, I not. caught you, baby. <laughs> it, it is a tearjerker. And I, I will say, I, I, I really like that movie. And Evan's given me shit, a little bit of shit for it. Have I? I a little <laughs> bit. I, I think it deserved them out. Really? That's fine. That's not fair. I've never, I've never seen them. Once again, I've never, I've never seen any movie. I think, including maybe the Star Is Born. Maybe it's just that when I have told you about, when I told you about it, you just started seeing that song constantly, right. incessantly. Yeah. Yeah. Shallows, that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The song, song from the movie. Right. 
at which I took ain't no it big waves like, in the shallows, as they say. Oh, that's yeah, pretty good. A good song. I took it as a dig, but it, that's it, it funny. Is, it's a great movie. Yeah, maybe that's right. Maybe when you told me like that, I just kept singing the song and yes. I kept being, you know, sort of doing whatever quotes I knew from the movie yeah. towards you. The trailer, just just <laughs> as if you were part of that, and yeah, sure. I could see how that was. Do you just yeah. go on Wikipedia and look up sort of best quotes, best quotes for all movies, so that you're able to kind of contribute there? And because I mean, I do the same. I I only watch TikTok uh, at the moment, right. and yeah, then you don't have to watch the movie. So yeah. I don't want to. I don't have to check that off anymore, baby. I wake up, I peruse Wikipedia, I learn about the world that way. I watch some TikTok and I go to bed. Wow, that is healthy. That's a healthy lifestyle, yeah. and the only thing to make it healthier is capping that day with a big wave. A that's big wave. That's, yeah. that's goddamn right. Hey, speaking you, of TikTok, go no, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, did you guys happen to see what the ABV is when you were looking at the cans? Because I wasn't sure what that was. Yeah, hmm. we know that. Let me grind this thing to a halt by yeah, asking please. about the. <laughs> I see it. What is it? Four point four percent. Four point four. Oh wow! So that's pretty it's light. Just, it's very for light. an ale. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty good. Now back to TikTok segment. No, I, no Sorry, I'm really Joe. happy that we had like the momentum going, and you stopped. That we could do an investigation of the ABV. TikTok. We so here's Nick and I, and I wanted to bring this up to you two specifically. We recently did a writing retreat. I uh, personally have been working on a book for years now, um, and I'm on like the fourth draft of it. Nick is drafting I was up making a very TikToks. Nick, well, this is what I was going to say. Nick is drafting up a very exciting idea that I'm not sure you want to reveal yet, so I won't bring it up. Thank you. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We just sat in a cabin and uh, drank beers and, and and wrote. But also, unfortunately, we were like, we're going to unplug. We're going to use this as a time to write and to drink and to hang out and, and look back on this. And I don't think I've ever been so plugged in in my entire life. We, I mean, we were on like TikTok and uh, literally like unironically on it. Because we were talking about how much we wanted to unplug, we just we were dialed right in, did much less writing than we thought because we had to uh, understand TikTok. And you have a deep knowledge of it, as far as I understand. I don't have a deep knowledge of it. Did, were we on TikTok that much? We were talking a lot about what it would take to like make quick money on TikTok rather uh, than pursue creative <laughs> uh, happiness. That's sure. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys have writing done? Or? We did. <laughs> yeah. I think we wrote. Yeah, we tried to do some like you know, block off two hours, you have to write during that time sort of thing. I think what screwed us over the most was the fact that there was NFL on that weekend that yeah. we wanted to watch playoff Packers football. It was a good excuse not to write. And there was a television there and we, yeah. We sat, were plugged in. That's we what were I was plugged saying. In. No, I was you're watching not wrong like about NFL that. pregame shows. I didn't want to watch that. And there I am watching Terry Bradshaw star of failure to launch. Wow. Oh wait, that's not Bradley Cooper. Damn it. I thought I was going to be able to tie that together, but never mind. <laughs> it's okay. Um, no, we got some writing done. I am trying to write a new character in my book. Um, because it was missing something and I've been doing that for a year plus now. And I actually, because of kind of talking through it with Nick and, and being there in a cabin together, was able to kind of generate the start of that. And I wrote the first chapter for her character and oh, that's great. Is it one of your cold cans characters? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's one of the, everything in the book is part Brian. of cold cans nation. Yeah. Intern Brian. Oh, we have cold cans characters coming up. We have a segment coming up very shortly for that's you boys. Right. So. Do. Uh, yes. But, but speaking of writing, yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys go. <laughs> no, yeah, that's. A, I feel like the last time I was in LA, I I met up with Alex. We went we went to a diner, and uh, you were telling me about some stuff you and Evan were working on. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't remember what we what what it was, but 
we you don't do remember write. what we talked about <laughs> you know i don't remember <laughs> you ever visiting me here. <laughs> my name is I nick we we're talking about the thing that we were editing this week which what which is a short that we're working on right now um which we wrote well, like two years ago now so it's been a very long process but um yeah, we're edit. We're in the final editing stages right now. Hell yeah, that. yeah. But we do write together. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 great. You, do you have, did you guys write together at all, or was it it was your separate projects? We bounced ideas off of our separate projects together. I think that helped us unstick uh, from where we were, and so yeah, that was good. But we didn't work on anything collaboratively. That's what's so fascinating. Like, I'm more interested to hear like what your favorite. Uh, collaborative part of your process has been like if you're writing and now you're in editing and everything in between like I'm sure you each have individual like things that you draw uh, attention and strength from and things that you kind of dread doing as part of that process but what do you like working on together the most for sure I mean I definitely think they're right I mean we every stage of it I think we have we have a good time but I think definitely the writing is the most free period because it's there's just no restrictions nothing's gone wrong yet yeah right like yeah None of the realities have set in of the production. Um, yeah. And it really is like what you said, like you get to bounce ideas off each other, but you know, in this case, you're just bouncing ideas off about the same project. So it is really nice to be able to do that and and to kind of like climb that mountain together and reach those, those big breakthroughs, those big ideas, those big waves. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Big waves. That's cool. For context for the listeners, like what, uh, what types of stuff are you guys writing together? So like typically we do a lot of like kind of I guess like thriller like drama kind of like surreal yeah. I guess stuff I don't know but it's funny because we're we're both like big comedy people and um, but we we just like lean into doing these things that are are not really at all comedies yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we want to do we want to do some more comedy stuff after we finish this thing that we're working on now that we're editing. Yeah. But yeah, typically that's kind of the stuff that we do is sort of, yeah. Kind of thing. So, somehow we found ourselves working on two back-to-back long projects that are like emotionally, I would say they're emotionally intense uh, yeah. short films, even though we're really, we really are like comedy people who want to do comedy I stuff. Know. So it's just kind of funny how we found ourselves in that situation. Yeah. I have this, so I spent the last few years writing a sci-fi book, which is like too serious because I also really like comedy. I like watching it. I like making it, I like everything about it. And, uh, but I find like, if I had to put that into words, I was thinking about this recently. For me, the struggle is comedy is easy when I'm sort of reacting and am in this world. But when I have to kind of put myself like in the novel form of a fictional world with fictional characters and settings and events that I'm putting them in, I then find hard to like make a comedic moment from that. Cause it feels like disingenuous. Like I'm like, I made that happen. It's not funny that it happened because I wrote that that way. Right. There's something That's in my, really point. yeah, there's something in my brain that like doesn't click in that same way that just doing this, yeah sort of even this podcast where we're reacting to each other in the world, it's easy. It just kind of flows. But when I'm making it, it's like, what well, I'm going to make them tell a joke to each, like I'm going to have that one set up the joke to this one that there's something 
wrong there and or difficult. Do you feel like in your in like real life or real interactions, if there's like a serious moment that's kind of fraught, do you like cut it with comedy at all, or is that not really your style? It's a defense mechanism, so I don't have to confront any truths. So you do that typically? I think unfortunately, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I mean you can translate that into your writing as like an outlet. I think if you know. I have found, and maybe you guys have the same thing, I found that in subsequent drafts, it's a lot easier for this reason. In the first draft, it's hard oh, yeah, to right. yeah, it's hard to make comedy, and then you set that aside for a while, you come back to it, then it's suddenly like a real thing, that's a thing on the page, and then right. I can riff yeah, on it, like this person, of. exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and I definitely think, I mean, thinking about writing comedy prose, that's like a, definitely a daunting task. I, I do think it is easier, it is better suited for... I mean, this is a, a broad generalization, but it's. I think there's something easier about doing comedy and in, in video and film because, you know, you get you you're, you're you're filming people and they're having real reactions to things yeah. and like unexpected stuff happens and that's usually what's funniest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's timing playing off each other and when they you know say something you didn't expect, you know, stuff doesn't really read necessarily always read that way on the page. That's true. And, you know, another thing about it, too, is that it's like, you know, all the funny stuff, like the funniest thing that the funniest things that I've, you know, all the best, like kind of comedy stuff that I feel like I've come out with ever. is just like something that you conceive of and then shoot or like, you know, do within the same period of time that you came up with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the spontaneity of it that is like keeps it funny or something like that but if you like work on a, a funny thing for two years and then you shoot it it's like i don't know that's like harder like the longer the thing is or something the more planned out it has to be i feel like the harder it probably is to make it funny because i've never the only you know i've done like mini series and things like that but i've never you know done a film or anything like that that's a comedy because probably for that reason right yeah, it, it goes back to, again, it feels disingenuous. Like, yeah, so much and it's hard to right. tell if it's still funny, right? Or like <laughs> after you come up with it, it's like, yeah. you've read it for the 10th time or you've like heard somebody say it for the 100th time. Totally. It's like hard to still tell, yeah. Yeah. I tried doing like stand-up comedy a few times, like open mic night stuff. And a lot of it is stuff I'd been like, I had the idea of, of this a year ago. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if this is still funny. I made myself laugh when I did it. Yeah. And then- <laughs> It's funny, like you guys talking about that when it's like on film or on TV, because then when you've written the joke and then you're on stage trying to do it, there is that performance aspect of it. And I think someone like a good performer can really sell a joke that's like, you know, maybe not quite there from like conceptually, but they can like sell it. Yeah. That's something I'm not good at. So that was why I stopped doing a stand up comedy after a couple of tries. But there is that there, like you can kind of work through it as you're doing it to get back to what makes it funny. I think. I've seen people do that before on a stage, but I myself have not been able to do it. I, I'm just going to yeah. pause you there and tell you that you you can make very mundane things very funny. <laughs> you have great timing, and you have uh, thanks, Joe. You're uh, yeah, you're a natural comedian, so you don't have to think too hard about whether the. But joke you never has saw merit. me on stage. Certainly not. <laughs> that's that's all on purpose. <laughs> He's got you there. Uh, no, I do. I honestly, though, I mean, it's funny that you say that because it's like knowing people who are stand up i mean we both know people who are stand up comics and it's like nobody is funny on stage after two or three times doing it like it really it very much does yep. seem like a practice and failure um and the people who are totally good at it have right. just bombed 15 times and they're finally ready to be funny yeah you're totally right 
you can see yeah what what do people laugh at like when i do it this way or like if i change this right. one word you're totally right it's just like getting right. back at it but the, and i i would imagine that the nerves too like the at those first uh at the first shows are just like absolutely all encompassing like you you can't really pay attention to the craft of it while your hands are shaking fucking <laughs> no for sure yeah for sure right. that's like probably the biggest adrenaline rush i've maybe ever had was trying to do stand-up comedy just at like a random wednesday open mic night too so i yeah i think that's totally right i couldn't even think about how can i even shift this to make it funnier yeah but if, and then it, it feels like, like and i won't learn from this and i won't go back and try it more <laughs> if, you shouldn't by all accounts you suck <laughs> it it feels like if you reduce it to a science like you mentioned like the trial and error and like the fucking scientific method behind a joke where you have a hypothesis and then you want to see if it pays out is taking away the pleasure of why you got into it in the first place but yeah, professionals are me. able to yeah. do that right yeah so that adrenaline lush is what you were looking for right yeah, probably. That's but then awesome. it's like too intense and it scares me. So that's why I can't go back. Wow. <laughs> We've made a break. For me, any live performing for me is always just the suffering I go through. But within the hour and a half before it, I'm just like, I can't ever do this again. Why do I do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, that stops me, especially with, you know, I've, I used to do improv and nice. um, that was fun, but. I wanted to do stand up for a long time and I went to like I think like three open mics and I just you know pop my name in there and I and ne- none of those three times I get picked and every time I was just sitting there like fuck this like <laughs> and then like I was like no no more I won't do this again yeah like, yeah right they literally pull your name <laughs> from a hat right yeah it's like that yeah. is so torture it's tough oh yeah God. and then like the people that have been coming to that open mic for years get their names at the front, like as they maybe should because they've been committed to it. But I went through that same thing. You go, you're like hyping yourself up to like finally put your name in and then it's just never called throughout the night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> demoralizing. They should just pull them all at the beginning of the night and just tap and just tell you like, you're not, sorry, you're not going to. Yeah. Be on, you know? I think, I think they do. The ones I've been at anyway, they do. They like put the list of names up before anyone oh, starts. Okay. So you do well, know if you're not really- doing it. But like in the right. lead up to it, you're supposed to like get there early to put your name in and stuff like that. Right, right. And then once that sheet is posted, then you're like, oh shit, I'm not even going to go up tonight. Did you, I, did you, you might bristle at this and I, I mean this in all earnestness. Nick, Nick is like a hunk and looks great and was asked <laughs> to be on like a love show for somebody. Oh, yeah. So he was on this like great love debate. It was called, I, maybe I shouldn't drop it. We'll bleep that out if we're not supposed to say anything or you don't, I don't want think it. it matters. I should say you don't want me to say something. Did you find that to be a lot because it wasn't entirely you? It wasn't uh, uh, that's a good. I did you have, find that to thought be much about easier? that in a long time. So yeah, this is a podcast that someone like gives love advice basically, or like dating advice. It's a way to like whatever learn about yeah. modern. But it was dating. live. It was in front and of the studio. It was a live. Yeah, sure. So th- we had them in studio. He asked me to be on the live show after he asked you to be on the live show, mind you. So I was uh, I whatever uh, used. 30 sloppy seconds there it is i i couldn't do it but was terrified to do it you had enough gumption to go right anyway what you said it was much easier to be a part of a group i was one of like five i think panelists on the stage to just like that the host could riff off of essentially yeah that was much less uh terrifying for sure yeah it wasn't really even an adrenaline rush it was just like kind of fun interesting what where how did we get here (laughs) 
<laughs> artistry performance sure. creativity joe sure and if you guys want to um talk about artistry performance and creativity that should probably be a good segue into this segment wow now i know that you guys are talking about you've created stuff evan you're talking about you've been in um some some comedic uh productions in your life You've never seen anything like this segment. I'm telling you this right up front. I mean, you're going to be in stitches. Okay, so we're going to call this Brew Detective. Uh, Brew Detective, season one. Nick's got the music playing. Um, Those girls, Rush. (laughs) All right, that's as much as I'll do of Woody. Um, Alex, uh, what we're going to do is uh, you do not have to give me your Matthew impression at any point during this. So I'm going to, um, we have arrived at a crime scene. The, the four of us, Woody Harrelson, uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Colin Farrell. And why am I blanking Vince on Vaughn? season three? No, I don't want Vince oh, see, Vaughn oh, in Mahershal here. Ali. Mahershal Ali. Um, the four of us have arrived at this crime scene. We're going to, I'm going to ask some trivia questions. And you're going to have to derive number one. You're going to have to answer the trivia questions. The closest, uh, to be correct, is going to get a point. And there's a winner here, much like in True Detective, how it was a competition. And then eventually we'll solve the crime. Um, so this isn't going to be like uh, 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 Price is Right or anything, where you got you can't go over. It's just going to be closest to the answer gets the point. Um, and so let's start. We're going to start with um, beer. This is all about beer. <laughs> so hundreds of uh, thousands of years ago, beer was invented, but beer cans made their uh, debut much more recently. Can you name me the year that the beer can debuted in the world? And as an extra bonus point, this is for everyone here, can you name me the ABV percentage of that beer? So what year did the first beer can uh, premiere in the world? And by the way, the clue that you saw here that you needed to know this knowledge for, for some reason, is there was an empty beer can at the fucking crime scene. Okay. What year did beer cans debut, and what was the percentage of the ABV? Wait, this is just for Alex, or all of us? This is for all of us. Alex, I was going to ask him to do the um, his Matthew McConaughey, but th- so maybe I was misleading. You have this is for the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I I've been forcing him to do the Matthew McConaughey yeah. over over the past week. I've been loving hearing him do it. Joey's the reason I have him. I have him. Rush. Incredible. It's really good too. Sorry, not to just oh, go ahead. Rush, those girls. Rush, did anybody ever tell you that you're a fucking asshole, Rush? Anybody ever tell you that? And Joey has the worst. <laughs> Who is that? What's his name again? Gumby. It's Woody. It's a little bit of Kermit. It's mostly Kermit the Frog. I think to get a good Woody, you have to turn Kermit the Frog down a little bit. You put in some cuss words and you have Woody. Sure. It's Kermit the Frog's up here. I'm going to talk to you about Kermit. And then Rush. It's just Kermit. Look, <laughs> what year did the fucking beer can debut? <laughs> right. Okay. Let's talk through it. Yeah. What if this is a collaborative game? It is collaborative. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. But you guys are each guessing. Yeah, like, what's the over under, first of all? So, like, first of all, like, you know, it's definitely for 1200. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's gotta be before like okay, 1950. For example. That's okay. right, because Mad Men dons like cracking beer cans, pull offs. Right, right. I'm gonna guess. Um, first of all, I'm gonna guess generally it's in the 1800s. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna get to it here. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking 
second half of the 1800s because right. that's when they started shipping and dipping and whatever <laughs> else they were trading. Riding fast. those waves. Shipping, maybe. I'm not sure dipping happened in the 1800s. <laughs> right. I'm Okay. Also in a can. All right. I'm going to guess. I, I mean... I don't know, and so, I feel I feel early 1900s personally. You do, so maybe we should maybe we should average wisdom of the. That'd be good, Nick. Do you want to? Can Nick weigh in on this? Does he yeah, know the well, answer? I, Nick does I not would, know the. I answer. don't know the answer. I would say, like, why? You know, we'd have to think of like there being a big enough brewery to need to can beers as well. So like right. when that would come about, which I'm trying that's, to think of. Yeah, I think that's more of the like early 1900s. When big breweries started popping up, even like, right, yeah, it's tough. I, I was gonna say, you know, that I, I had a date in my head, but after you say that, that, that does push it for sure, right? Right, because you need someone with the means of the you know, the scale, yeah, yeah. right, to record a can. I, I think that you know, and unfairly, I just I do know, I well, shit, I forget the year, but uh, another one of my favorite beers, which I think we floated doing, most too hard to get because you can only get on the east coast, is Gingling, yeah, which is the oldest oldest brewery in america i think oh, is that, that true I, yeah but i and i don't remember when they were established but i think it was 1890s was oh, it wow. okay it sounds Any, like i could be wrong it, i could be dead wrong it sounds like there's some disagreements in that well yeah what if that maybe this is like a hunger game situation which is a film that i starred in you did okay <laughs> I don't know about starred. I, I played a role in the Hunger <laughs> Games. Okay, yeah. What if? What if we? I should have just said cheers. Hey, cheers! cheers. We're having there. Fun. We go. Cheers. What the That's fuck? Right. Okay. Know about beer? Cheers. That's right. Cheers. Yeah. Let's go eighteen something in the eighteen nineties then. Yeah. Let's go late eighteen. Okay. Eighteen. Let's go eighteen nineties. Eighteen ninety eight. How about that? Eighteen ninety eight. Lock it right. in, Joe. I originally intended you guys to all have your own answer, but you're locking it into eighteen ninety eight. In in the ABV yeah. in that beer, oh yeah, the ABV. Ugh. I think ABVs now it's were not really pretty a game low show back then because I just can tell you you're wrong. It's not exactly eighteen ninety eight, right. but that's okay. We'll roll with it. Okay, you say eighteen ninety eight. What about four point four percent? Let's do it. Let's roll big. with it. Ride that wave. Four point four. Beer cans debuted in. 1933. Wow. Later. There was a brewery in the same... I'm not doing this anymore. There was a brewery in the same name in Newark, Newark, New Jersey, a brewery uh, that teamed up with a canning company to package Kroger Special Beer. And that beer had a 3.2% ABV, which means it could have been around 7% more delicious, quirks this Thrillist article, which I'm getting this trivia from. Um, Okay. So no points because you guys picked the same answer. So all of you get one point and all of you get one extra point uh, for that. The second question, I have three. Thank you. Um, this, uh, the state that this crime scene is in mm. happens to be the same state that drinks more beer than anyone per capita. And for bonus points, can you get states number two and three? Wow. The most beer per capita in the country Happen. is where this crime scene where uh, Woody Harrelson found a beer can at, and you guys have to, for some reason, you had to pick the year. Don't worry about the structure of the game as much. What <laughs> yeah. state drinks more beer than anyone <laughs> per capita? And uh, and for bonus points, what are states two and three? Wow. So And everyone has zero right now. 
I know we. I think we all know Wisconsin is pretty high up on that list. It's, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, it's tough because of the beer part of it. I know, like alcohol wise, I think Wisconsin's pretty high up there, but it's probably true for beer too. Um, old fashions are pretty popular in the state, but that might not sway it. Uh, yeah. So maybe we could do Wisconsin for number one, and then I would, I would be comfortable. Okay. With that. Okay. Both of you. Do we have ideas for two and three? Is it going to be like a really low populated state or something? Montana, Alaska. That would be the statistical argument. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Eileen. Man. Let's just uh, yeah, say I don't know. I kind of I kind of lean maybe Massachusetts. Honestly, I know mm. it's kind of a uh, yeah. wild card, but it, I just sort of see it. Uh, again, don't like ask that. me about my process. It's just kind of something <laughs> I see. <laughs> my it's Red Sox fans alone. Let That's me say this: the remaining yeah. states, none of you have any affiliation with them whatsoever. Okay. That's a clue. Because I was like Pennsylvania, maybe like honestly. All of the states none of us are associated with are the two and three. Two and three. Okay. But that doesn't mean that you have have any association with one either. We've never been there. We've never, we don't know anyone from there. We possibly don't even know the name of the state. Right. (laughs) I I personally vetted each and every one of you through social media uh, investigation, (laughs) and you know nothing about this state, and yes, possibly don't know the name of the state. Right. Um, I, okay. I have a kind of a wild card to oh, throw out there too. Yeah. And I like Massachusetts. I, my wild card is Alaska. That's pretty good because okay. it's cold. Yeah. Probably not as populated as these other states. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think people are drinking there. Yeah. That's long good. winters up there. Yeah. And you know, I was going to, I mean, you know, I can't, it's not, it can't be Hawaii, which you know, it's obviously oh, the wow. state of the episode in a way. Mm. Right. Um, so I, I wish I could say it, but I can't. But Alaska is um, the other uh, uh, state that's sort of out there. Right. Like that. Uh, yeah. So kind of makes me feel good. But I think I was going to actually just just jump in with Nevada, actually. And mm. a lot in part due to the fact that Vegas is there. Mm. Las wow. Vegas, Nevada. And, um, that's yeah, right. You know, that's right. That's so right. I kind of want to say Nevada too. Yeah. Okay. Nevada, yeah. We better get Nevada in there. We better get in the mix, huh? You okay. better get in it. Wisconsin, Alaska, and Nevada. What do we think? Lock it in. I feel good about I'm, it. I'm, I'll lock it in. Let's do it. Well, I'm sorry to say um, this crime scene you're investigating is far, far away from being solved. This oh, no. body is like in the uh, ground at this point, and it's, uh, you have no leads. The number three is Montana, number two, New Hampshire, and the number one most beer-drinking state per capita. And these residents drink 43.6 gallons of beer a year is North Dakota. Ah, North Dakota drinks more beer. So we were sniffing down the right trails. We just didn't pick the right ones. Not really, but yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, I mean, like population-wise, those are all like fairly unpopulated states. Right. That's right. Okay, last one. Now, there's you have no leads, you have no trail. Every witness you've uh, interviewed is uh, giving you nothing. It's a really poor season. I think season two of True Detective gets too much crap. That's my yeah. Take. I liked it. I didn't. It mind was it. fine. Why are we all like so down on it? I'm gonna agree, and I honestly have a bit of a hot take in that I actually like season two a little more <laughs> than the first one. Ooh, oh, okay. 
I'm not ready to defend it. It's been a while since I've seen it. So I wish I didn't say it, but you know what? I'll say it. It's just, yeah, I gut feeling. Yeah. I just think this is a career killer. <laughs> season one is very good. And if I watch them again, I, who knows what I would think. But when I, yeah, whatever. Season I, one's I a little meandering. I think everybody fell in love with that one shot take uh, right. episode, which was a lot of fun. But right. yeah, right. two was good. Two was good. I liked and two. three was great. I liked three. I, I do. I think where they where they the misstep with two, if I can even call it a misstep, I think the thing that made it less accessible was that there were a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. It was hard to know who you who you were supposed to identify with. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. That's that was the challenge that I had with it, at least. But it was great. It was still. I mean, it was I felt great. it was more. Uh, uh, un- in original in a way, in a, in a way. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. In a way. Any specific way? <laughs> Too many characters. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> Third and final question. You've got none of them right, and you haven't, frankly, been close. Okay. Every craft beer brewer in the world, if you add all of their employers up, There's 121,000 employees. I said employers, I meant employees. So 121,000 employees in the craft beer industry in the whole world. The largest beer conglomerate in the world is Anheuser-Busch. How many employees does Anheuser-Busch employ? And I ask this because you're at an Anheuser-Busch facility. So you do have a clue. It's a pretty big clue. Uh, Pretty big. That's good. good. Okay. (laughs) 121,000 in total for all. You said craft breweries originally, right? But 121,000 mean- total employees in the craft beer industry. Anheuser-Busch, the world's biggest conglomerate. How many employees do they have? Oh, got it. Got it. Oh, what okay. what okay. counts as craft exactly? Is there, a, is there an exact definition for that? Not That's, that I can uh, yeah. see in this Thrillist.com article. <laughs> I don't know if there's an, ex- an exact definition, but like it is interesting because like AB InBev bought Elysian Brewing out of Seattle. So it's which was yeah, once a craft brewery, but it's hard to know if it would still be considered it under that. Uh, you're a regular thing. meth. You're, now, did anybody ever tell you you're nah. a fucking asshole, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna. You gotta. Th- I want. You're gonna need to for this one. You know, you're gonna have to think like McConaughey, right? <laughs> it's all about time and free will and the story of being a person. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> oh, okay, Amy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, here's what I'm. Yeah. Can I give? Rush, can I just lay something down? Lay it, here? Down. Lay it on me, Rush. But I'll tell you this: those for girls one. didn't ask for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the track I want to lay down. I think that the way we could simplify this one is. I'm trying to think of this like a detective, okay? A way that we could simplify this question is probably sales. I feel like sales probably correlate to number of employees. So if we can compare how much Mm. we think Anheuser-Busch brands sell um, versus all the other craft beers, volume-wise, like what percentage, I feel like we can kind of extrapolate from that apply some sort of logic to the one 121,000 and get to a pretty good, pretty close guess. Yeah. After I, all I do these like years. That, the only thing I'll say is like their brewing capabilities, I think would mean they need to 
you know, they can brew a lot more beer with a lot fewer people is the only thing I would say. Oh, you know, they have right. these like huge breweries. The traction factor once we've applied. Yeah. The, uh, oh, right. ooh, right. ooh, <laughs> ooh, rush. I found a clue on the ground. I'm super <laughs> eager, Woody Harrelson. I found a clue. Anheuser-Busch has, uh, as of 2018 per year, makes upwards of $15.5 billion a year. Anheuser-Busch. Wow. Makes $15.5 billion a year? You fucking heard me, Rush. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, I found, you know, I thought as Woody Harrelson, you were about to say, I found a clue, and it's that Anheuser-Busch has this many employees, and... <laughs> It would have been a better clue. Yeah, good detective in that case. Never happens. A brew detective. Uh, brew detective. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, no, let's go down that that path, Alex. So, okay, 121,000 total in the craft brewing. Yeah. And by the I way, mean, I'm going to give it, you this as correct if you're plus or minus 25,000. 25, wow. You'll find the body and identify it's the more character. than 25,000. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Um, more... okay uh so ab and bev yeah certainly has more sales than all craft breweries combined i gotta admit okay so that's a good that's a good right that's that's the knowledge i wouldn't have even assumed that honestly but that makes sense now you say it yeah i think that's true and thanks now joey's giving me a face i'm looking for another clue looked at before i i would think that's true what do they what do they own Anheuser-Busch it, owns like it must be some ev- of the big ones. They own fucking everything. Coors, uh, they own right. Uh, no, that's a. There's like Miller Coors is a, a competing. Oh, Miller, Coors. Miller Coors. Yeah, that's a competing conglomerate. Okay. Yeah. So oh, AB Miller, and Bev right. is like Anheuser-Busch. Uh, so Bush, and Budweiser. Yeah. Um, I'm looking it up. Heineken, I feel, or no, Heineken's, Heineken's also one a of the only that isn't owned. That's right. Pretty much AB and Bev pretty much owns everything. Um, like really? every what they year. got? Yeah, they got Budweiser, Bush. What what else do they have? I'm looking. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. <laughs> Give me a second. What? This is a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh, brands. Here we go. Budweiser, Corona, Stella Artois, Bex, Hoogarden, Leff, uh, Tenber. I mean, they own like ev- anything you could think of. They they wow, own. Stella? I didn't even realize that. Okay, that's that's good to know because that Modelo, Odules. It's good to know. And the, Rolling Rock. Also, yeah. So a lot of those are still craft breweries, but if they own them, then so maybe that's not going to be like a they have fewer employees per barrel brewed by that much. So Gotta it might admit, be around the same amount. I thought more. you guys would take less time at this crime scene. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Okay. What? Uh, okay. 120 for craft beer. There are a lot of craft breweries in the United States, as that number would indicate. But AB and Bev is a worldwide conglomerate. Uh, I feel like it's got to be more. What do you think? More than one twenty? Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna think. I'm gonna guess it's more. Well, shit, I don't know. It's a, it seems like it'd be right around that. It's a huge I number. Don't know. I know. It's a, a huge number. I'd listen to your instincts. I'd listen to the instincts of now the only like... self-professed beer guy <laughs> in the group. Okay. <laughs> Now, as All a right. beer guy, you know, <laughs> talking to the hosts of the Cold Cans <laughs> podcast, I would say, I don't know. I, I want to put it around nine. I want to, uh, I'm going to put it around 90K. 90K? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, 
Then he said to Coming listen to. Wait, was yeah, he said to listen to Evan. Yeah, so it's it's less than one twenty. That was when was Evan that? was saying, "I think it's around and a little bit higher." <laughs> Wait, yeah, what? I, I was gonna say somewhere between ninety and one ten, but yeah, I could get behind that. What do you think? Yeah, I could I could definitely get behind that. Give me a number. Ninety five. <laughs> Clean ninety five. Clean ninety five. Now, Nick, do you, you go rogue the from them and rock. pick your own number? Do I? Am I a rogue wave here? Yeah. Do you go off like the um, true detective you are and pick your own number, <laughs> leaving your partners behind? Uh, for the thrill of it, yes, I will. This will be the second biggest adrenaline rush I've ever had. Yeah. I'm gonna say uh, fifty thousand. I'm gonna lowball them. The winners of True Detective. You're gonna lowball us. Alex and Evan, the winners. They're actually 150,000, but they were closer than Nick. And so they win. <laughs> they, they win. And for that, you guys are getting a fresh set of merch sent USPS uh, your way from our Cold Cans merch redesign effort, which is not oh, quite complete. <laughs> wow. You will, really? We will Look venue for that you. in the mail in the next yeah, yeah, six please, to eight months. <laughs> please leave us your Venmo for us to. Uh, ask you for shipping and handling. Okay. <laughs> Very generous. Very Fair generous. and square, and uh, I'm excited to receive it. Cool. Right. That's cool. But, um, you know, what Evan's saying is that we both do, we have a lot of stuff, and we have been trying to cut down on that. <laughs> okay. So, so you're getting a pint it'll glass, be a, you'll a be digital, a digital be, sticker. <laughs> maybe we'll just be to just hold off. Yeah. Nick's right. Hold we off. only have digital merchandise at this point. <laughs> So it'll be like something you could post to your social media feeds. Oh, cool. Yeah, can I get a wallpaper? Maybe a new background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, new Bitmoji clothes. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, we have new Bitmoji skins. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can afford. We spent $75,000 on a graphic designer to get us new Bitmoji skins. <laughs> We're going to see a recoupment on that investment. Let's take this bullet train home. Yeah, Nick. let's rank it, Joe. All right. So, do you have the yeah? The let's look at score. B A Beer Advocate. Are you they, guys familiar with Beer Advocate? They are. The well, Evan said beer. he's the biggest advocate of beer there is. As I said, <laughs> uh, no, only and you guys have discussed Beer Advocate on here, right? We have, yes. Is this one you bring it up? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I know Beer Advocate actually. They're they're a group of hacks that think that they can put a uh, you know it's much like how the Oxford Dictionary thinks it can define Aloha. <laughs> beer Advocate thinks that they can score a given beer. Wow. Uh, they're a group of right. hacks, but yet we read their uh, reviews every episode. Oh, yeah, we do. They're a baseline, baby. Right. Okay. Um, they overall have an eighty-one or good. Oh, for Golden well, Wave, we don't drink many good beers. Most of our beer is poor or, or awful. Right, yeah, yeah. So this one's high up there. Okay. Let's see. I had a I had a fun one. Someone said I react. This is R Chen forty two from Indiana. I react pretty badly to alcohol, but this is one of the best tasting beers I've had. Okay. It's more compatible with my body than other beers, and it's one of the first beers that I've actually enjoyed. I'm hoping to try more from this brewery company soon! Exclamation point. And this was don't stop well, drinking. Right? Yeah. Go to the hospital. Needs to be done. The FBI should be called to this person's home. <laughs> not be online. And that was like shit. But I'm going to keep drinking. What was the username there? Four Chan sixty nine or something? No, it was not that. It Art? was like a name. Okay, I closed out of it. All right, Nick closed out of it. Okay, so as is customary, um, we have a former guest, friend of the show, family of the show, who's dictated that guests have 
absolutely no say in the <laughs> rankings um, because early on in the show, we had guests come on and they influenced us, whether they were the makers of the beer, which are some of our top beers to this day, uh, or whether they had a suggestion they felt strongly about and then we just ranked it number one. After that point, there is a mandate that guests will not influence the ranking of the show. However, you can give your non-canonical take on where you believe this beer should fit in uh, to the Cold Cans rankings. So if you don't have it up, you can go to coldcanspodcast.com slash rankings, and you'll see our tiers of beer, and you'll see our entire rankings 1 to 100, uh, including Satan's Walk-In Cooler in Hell, which is where if this beer makes the top 100, we will kick the last beer in the list off into is Satan's uh, Walk-In Cooler in um, Hell, where Satan resides. Right. Right. All right. We're, we're scrolling the list right we now. We got the list pulled up. We're taking a look. And just give us while you guys give, take a look, give us, give, us, give us three and a half minutes. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna give three and a half and minutes look. of dead air. No, while you take a look, I'm gonna give you the plug that you so deserve because Evan, I don't know you very well, but in the short time that I've gotten to know you, uh, you seem brilliant. You two seem like uh, you're a good pair, and I know Alex well enough to know of his brilliance. And if anybody out there is listening, anyone at all, uh, if you're listening and you're interested in their work, you should go to, what is it, penrose.fun, Alex? That's Penrose.fun. Check out what they're working on. Uh, and I'm sure you'll hear about these two uh, in the future because they seem talented and kind individuals. Thank you for being on the show. Okay. Thank you for saying that and for having us. Of course. Um did and they give a ranking, no, Joe? Let's stop talking about him. He's back. Uh, Nick left for a few seconds. They did not give a ranking. We did three and a half minutes of dead air, uh, and they're about to, <laughs> they're about to get back. release their ranking now. I can only tell by comparison. Like, I think, where's Blue Moon on here? While they Blue look, Moon, Nick, I had, a, I had a thought while they're looking. Please. They're from L.A. Uh, yeah. there was, I've noticed in traffic is ticking up here in Seattle. I think COVID, people are tired of COVID. And I was talking. Oh, okay. I was talking to Devin the other day. Isn't it crazy how well we nailed like traffic infrastructure from the get go? Like there aren't really that many. Gecko, not Gordon it's Gecko. A Geico ad or oh, Geico. Okay. No, but you know how like the yellow lines, the white lines, even the traffic light, red, yellow, green. The idea of a stop sign that there hasn't been innovation in that space in forever, and yet it's so easy and clear to understand. Like we, it seems like we nailed it right away. We don't hit each other. There's thousands of cars we? in the street all the time. There have been cars Humanity, for society over a century, right? I know. I'm not saying you and I invented this stuff. I'm saying humanity. We got may have it bought right. a zoo, but we did not perfect the traffic <laughs> signals. No, humanity sorry, got it right right away. Is what I'm saying. It's so easy and intuitive to understand. We could live in a world where it's really difficult to understand traffic uh, stuff. Well, is it easy and intuitive? Also, because there's so many other people around you doing the right thing. I, but like they're doing the right thing because it's of... easy to follow. Okay. Right. I think we did a good job as a society coming up with how roads should work and look. Okay. Okay. I'll defend you on that. I agree. I think that's, it is, a, it's almost a miracle to me that it's, you know, I mean, you know, granted there are car accidents. Sure, know, of course. But. Sure. Thousands and thousands of them a day. But <laughs> however, <laughs> I will say that, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good system. It's a good system. Sure. Three, and by, and you know the the really and you know living in LA, I'll say that the can, the red light and the green light. That's those lights are definitive. The yellow light, there's some gray area. I, 
with those. Hey, this guy is and, speaking my language. Yeah. And honestly, because that is the source of a lot of the accidents that I've seen while living here is, is the yellow light etiquette changes depending on where you are, even in the big, even in Los Angeles, because most of the time it means, you know, speed up, zip it. Yeah. Then, you know, people waiting to turn or they they get, they get the short end of the stick. They end up turning on a red light Mm -hmm. and sometimes accidents can happen. And I think a lot about this. I've thought a lot about this and how the green arrow uh, needs to make a huge, needs to become uh, big here. Wow. Um, the green arrow is such a relief when you come to a green arrow. Yeah, it is. Any kind of arrow, red arrow, green arrow. You just know, you don't have to think about it. I disagree about red arrow. I, my take with red arrow is that um, it there really is not a compelling reason to ever have a red arrow. Like it should either be, <laughs> if, the, if the red, if, the, right, if it's right. a red light, it's red. You can't go left. And if your side has a green light, it should always be a flashing yellow. Like go at your own discretion. And then you should also optionally have a green arrow sometimes where you just get to go. You're all good. But why Why do you... Typically to protect protect uh, pedestrians, I think, who are crossing that street that you're trying to turn down. Hmm. That's a yeah, good counterpoint. I can't that's argue it. with that. But I, what about the blinking yellow, you know, where we're from, that... I think is that a town, a, a suburb, smaller town thing is the blinking yellow after 11 p.m. They don't have that here. And I feel like that'd be a great thing to get in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's, with it's kind of like the unmarked intersections in Seattle everywhere where there's no stop sign at either side. Sure. There's just no justification for that to me. We can't throw a yield sign up. Um, maybe traffic infrastructure sucks. <laughs> Something needs to be done about this. I, we have not figured this out. <laughs> It's the miracle we haven't figured it out yet. It's like True Detective yeah. season two. It's fucking hot trash, traffic <laughs> infrastructure. All right, did you guys find a ranking? All right. Yeah, I mean, do you have do you have thoughts? My thought, well, as I've made clear, that not only my beer guy, but also I love Big Wave. It's, yeah. It's you know it's hard for me to say. I'm looking at the list. And I've had I've had a, quite a good bit of these beers. Um, I'd agree with most of what you guys have got up here. Honestly, the old Rasputin at number one—that's a great beer. I, I, you know, I haven't had that in a while, and I love that beer. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have the Longboard Lager at twenty-three, which I know you said used to be number one, which I really respect, and I also really like that beer. Great beer. Um, it shocks me that that's higher ABV than uh, Big Wave. But anyway. Oh yeah, four point six Longboard yeah, Lager. Crazy. Difference between lager and an ale. Okay. Um. Yeah, Alex. What do you think? Do you have a? You, I think you got a, you got a I number think, here. I I saw a fat tire when you were scrolling past, and I was like, "That's actually a good kind of like pin for me about like this kind of feels like it should revolve around that area." And I feel like I'm probably putting it way higher than you two would, but I feel like this beer is probably a little a tad worse than fat tire in my opinion um but i also really like fat tire um but it's definitely above like fosters which is 22 so i would put it probably somewhere between like 20 or no 27 fosters is 27 fosters is one of our kind of original sins on this podcast (laughs) it was put high it stayed high for some reason it's due to be re-ranked very soon we have I would, I would put it somewhere between those two, basically. Okay. Somewhere between 17 and 27. Wow. Okay. And, yeah. And, by the way, you know, I 
yeah, another it's similar. Fosters is similar to me in big wave in the way that I've gotten hyped about it. Actually, ooh, hear that? They got that big can, two for four. They do big diesel cans. Yeah, we Come loved on. the big cans, and that's why we put it so high. And then we let everybody, every guest we've had on the show is like, "What the hell do you have Fosters at twenty seven <laughs> for?" Um, but Evan, yeah. this is a beer guy here, and the big cans right. are a ton of fun. You get it. You it's real big. You're like, look at that. Um, the commercials, we all love the commercials, every one of us, Australian right. for beer. That's right. Much like Aloha is Hawaiian for welcome, Foster's <laughs> right. Australian it's a for beer. Thing. They both see, as a beer guy, I'd say a gimmick is really the most important thing about <laughs> beer. And- I think most of the American drinking public would agree. That's why you see the Bud Light campaigns that you see. Um, yeah, I would say, I, I, you know, somewhere in the same zone as Alex, really. Okay. 17 to 27. Taint to tip, as I've heard you refer to that. Uh, Unfortunately, on the bottom of the top before, I would put it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a. I'll give it a definitive number twenty. Wow. Okay, so let's read twenty-seven to seventeen. Taint to tip. Um, that's Foster's Elysian Dark of the Moon, Run Wild IPA, and Aftershift IPA, Athletic Brewing's offerings. Uh, Blue Moon Light Sky, Longboard Lager, Swivelhead Red IRA, Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout. Red Hook ESB, Jubilee Winter Ale, Optimism Breweries Before the Dawn, and Fat Tire. That's a that's a list of some of my favorite beers. That's a murderer's row. A true truly. murderer's row. But I like this too, and I liked our company today. What do you think? Yeah, I like this beer too. I had I get obsessed with the uh, you know pick one out and throw it in the, that spot so we don't have to adjust the website as much. Yeah, and I was further down on the list, but I could be convinced uh, higher up because of the. Um, so you yeah, wanted to put it low so that we didn't today. have to, because otherwise with the website, we have to update every number. Uh, it takes like 25 minutes at this point to update it every time. <laughs> what are you thinking, Joe? I, I'll give, give me you yours. This, I'll blast it. I'll give you this hint and you can feel free to drag me through the mud. Uh, I'm in that same range as them. Wow. So I'm between, uh, and I was actually in that range because they do not influence my thinking. No, of course not. I was in that range to begin with, and I think I know where you're going to put it if you're in that range, and I think I'm, we're going to have the exact same uh, wow. guess. The pressure's always on when you say stuff like that, Joe. We've hit it t- together a lot. Now, are we you really th- hit it off as thinking, <laughs> We have not hit it and quit it. We've kept oh, at it. come on. Your parents are, are you, still listening are you to this trying show. to we're not having pick sex, and pop mom what are you trying to put it in and take one out or are you trying to bump? it'll make it'll make making the website easier you're trying to okay update the website will be a lot easier um wow. i would either replace where i'm going to put it or i would move the whole thing down so our number 100 beer in the rankings right now is Natterdays, which was a truly atrocious experience. Okay, I, was I got a sick. Spot. I got I was spot. sick for two days when we drank one Natterdays can. <laughs> it was rotten. All right. Want to three, two, one it? We could three, two, one it. Hold on. Let me make sure I have the number right. Okay. Three, two, two one, 24. 24. I we told did you. It. I fucking knew we were going to have the same one. I knew it. That's amazing. I Get knew it. you were going to go next to Longboard Lager. I knew that it isn't as good it's, as Longboard Lager. It's logical. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. And I like it there. It's very good. That's a top 25 beer. It is. Um, but now, would you take Blue Moon Light Sky out, or would you take Natterdays out? I can update the fucking website. Yeah, no, we should do it right. Off, let's pop uh, Natterdays off the bottom, because Blue wow. Moon Night Sky, or Light Sky, sorry, was a, a revelation of sorts. When Blue we Moon had Night it. Sky is a really nice drinking experience, guys. It's yeah, a if you light haven't had beer. It. Have you guys it's had that? It's a skinny can. No. 
It's very no, nice. I'm I'm really interested to try it. Honestly, it's yeah. Yeah, next summer for sure. It, good summer beer. They up. just knock off calories out of a blue moon. Otherwise, it kind of tastes like a blue moon. But they do it right. It doesn't taste like a watered down blue moon. It's it's good. They mm. made like their own unique recipe for it. Um, so we're knocking off Natterdays. Uh, what was the description for Natterdays? I don't even have it here. Oh Jesus, Joe, pull what it up. I do. I clicked on the here episode, I'll... but you linked it to Anchor, and now I get the Anchor <laughs> doesn't tell me what the description is. Wow. So Natterdays is like a, uh, it's not a beer at all. They made like a kind of a, it tastes like a melted Jolly Rancher a little bit. It's pink. Uh, it makes you sick. It's it's rotten uh, and it's, nobody should be drinking it. And I'm happy to have booted it from the rankings. Okay. The, the description is two special guests, two parable or terribles. It's Natterday night. Oh yeah. And we did the Natterday. That was a lot of fun. We that did have fun, fun that night. We did. Yeah. We can still boot it to hell. <laughs> was my wife one of the guests? Yeah. My wife. And who? Spencer? Yeah, something, something? like that. All right. Uh, Natterdays, you are sentenced to Satan's walk-in cooler in hell. Uh, our new number 24 beer is Big Wave Golden Ale. You bet. Alex, Evan, we greatly appreciate your time. We can't wait to uh, see and and read and experience, taste, smell, whatever you're creating in the future. Once again, you go to penrose.fun to check them out um, and the, uh, Venmo them your money. Uh, quite frankly, that would be the best way to support them. Anything else, whatever you can, whatever you got. Everything <laughs> you got. Uh, thank you, boys, for being on the show. This was awesome. And until next time, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.